Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the TJH Podcast. I'm so, so excited that you have returned for another episode. And today we have the first in a interview series that you're going to be seeing here at TJH, where I'm actually inviting on some of the really special women from my world and from the world of TJH to come on the podcast to interview me, which is something that I decided to do with the podcast because sometimes I find it difficult to access the things that I want to share with the world because the work that we do here at TJH is so vast and wide and deep. Once you start journeying into the inner realms, it literally covers every aspect of life and it can be difficult for me to decide, well, what is it that I want to share this time? What is it that I want to share with with the women of the world? And so to help in doing that, the beautiful women of TJH are going to be coming on the podcast and actually asking the questions because I find that for myself, when I'm asked a question, I can access the wisdom so much easier within myself than when I'm trying to ask myself the questions. And so when I sort of put it out there to the women in my space, Madeline, who is on here with us today, was the first one to put her hand up and say, I'll come on and ask you some questions, which is, I'm so excited to have Maddie here. She'll introduce herself in a second, but I first wanted to introduce Maddie. Maddie and I met through Instagram. Um, oh, well over a year ago now. And we just, we just began as, you know, Instagram friends where Maddie started interacting on some of my posts and we started having conversations in the DMs. And from there, it really grew into a beautiful journey together. And I have witnessed Madeline just go through the most phenomenal transformation over the last year since we've been working closely together and it has been such an honor and Maddie is actually now one of the guides inside the TJH membership where she puts together yoga sequences based on the gene keys and it has just blown my mind (laughs) what she has been creating and I'm so grateful to have her as part of my world So before you start throwing your questions at me, Maddie, which by the way, everyone, I do not know what questions Madeline is going to ask me. Um, I said, just go for it. And she's just, it's a free for all. There's going to be questions about all different things and we're just going to be talking about live. But Maddie, do you want to maybe share a little bit about yourself and your, your journey that you have taken within the space of soulful journaling slash TJH? Sure. 
firstly, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so my name's Maddie and I currently live in sunny Queensland, Australia with my husband, our three-year-old son and our golden retriever. <laughs> and I think, like you said, we met last year, I think it was around June. Mm-hmm. I started following you on Instagram because I'd mm-hmm. started going on my inner journey around that time. I read a book called Radically Content by Jamie Baron, I think is how you say it. Um, and that really sparked my journey. So I started doing some more journaling and that's how I found you. And I remember you used to do these Instagram lives where it was just kind of similar to this. It was like an ask me anything. And I was always so excited for this because I just remember thinking, like you're, I think we're less than a year apart in age. And I mean, every time I talk to you since that point, like my mind just gets blown, like in every conversation that I have with you, <laughs> you're, you're just, you're so wise. Like it blows my mind. So <laughs> I would jump on these Instagram lives with you and just gain all this wisdom from you. And I ended up getting the personalized prompts from you as well. Mm-hmm. And then not long after that, you launched the journey home mm-hmm. and I was one of the first to join when it opened, um, which I nearly didn't join. Um, I, I remember having this weird energetic block about it. And I was like, I don't know if it's for me. And I was like, oh, I was like, I just don't know. And I don't remember when I made the decision, but I think I was like, I just need to go for it. I just need to, I was like, join for a month and, I hate it, and it's not for me. Fine. And I'm so glad I joined. <laughs> I mean, from there, yeah, my world has just exploded in the best mm. way possible. So mm-hmm. I started off doing the journaling journeys within the journey home, um, the coming home journey, which is I think the biggest and the one sort of foundational one. Mm-hmm. And that just changed my whole life. Mm. Um, I mean, <laughs> that was when I decided to quit my job, sell my house, move into state. Like that was sort of <laughs> the list. Um, and from there, we started with Destined, I think, yeah, um, which was the group coaching program that you led, uh, which was phenomenal. I hope you plan to run that again in the future because, <laughs> oh, that just, uh, it was all about creativity and accessing mm. creativity and, um, in a, like, I guess in a business sense, but also just in a life sense. And yeah. that was, um, my introduction to the Gene Keys. Um, which again, just like, it just kept blowing my mind. <laughs> and so I think that ended up wrapping up in about February of this year, by which time I had moved up to Queensland. And then you launched Ignite Your Life, mm-hmm. which was the one-to-one coaching, which I, again, had a little block around. Mm-hmm. And took my time to come to, but I was like, I have to go for this. And I'm so glad I did. Um, that was just so transformational, just going so deep into my gene keys mm. and that path of activation mm-hmm. and then into the Venus sequence. And I, I'm just, I'm just not the person I was 12 months ago. And really it's linked to you, Hayley. So thanks about the journey. Oh, what a journey it's been. And I mean, for, for everyone to hear how much you have shown up for yourself over those last 12 months. And if there, there's a lot of us out there who, you know, we 
might read a book and and we feel like it's a catalyst to do something and to change something. And then we feel that and then we let it fade and we don't act on it. And I, I just want to honor you for acting on that pool and look where it led you, you know, and, and each time you acted on that pool, it just, it, it had a, a flow on effect to the next thing. And, and like you said, you had blocks, you were like, Oh, there was, there was some resistance you had to get over in order to show up for yourself, but you have done it time and time and time again. And that has been such a glorious thing to witness. And like you said, you you were just a different person than what you were 12 months ago. And it's not that you've become someone new. You have remembered who you actually are. And you have literally started radiating light from your face. I just want to tell all of the listeners that because you can't see Maddie right now, but I can. And she is glowing. Her life's work gene key is the gift of lightness. And so she just literally radiates light and it's, it's beautiful, beautiful to witness. So thank you for introducing yourself, Mads. And I guess we'll just fly on into the questions. I don't know what to expect. I'm excited. And we'll just see what what magic we want to bring to everyone today. So I'm just going to hand it over to you to fly on in with question number one. I love it. So these questions, it's very much like an ask me anything. I just put this list together through the week of just questions that had sort of dropped Um from listening to your podcast or mm-hmm. things I've been wanting to ask you but haven't had the chance. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking, where will we start? Mm-hmm. I've re- <laughs> it's literally what I've written. Just how are you so wise? <laughs> mark, question mark, question mark. And optimistic. Um, my, I think the, the question in this is, and I think from listening to your first four podcast episodes I have learned a lot more about your journey Mm. but I mean you've gone through so much in your 33 years and you've Mm. come to this place of core stability and I remember you always say you know peace is always there for you like Mm. even when everything around you is going wrong you can always choose peace Mm. and I know when I try to keep that in mind but for me it's very difficult so Mm. I guess my question is how have you come to this place where you've, you know, retained all that optimism? Like it sounds like even as a child, you were super optimistic and Mm. you're still just this beautiful, optimistic person, just full of peace and stability. So Mm. how have you come to that place? Oh, what a fantastic question to just kick it off. (laughs) I love it. Um, you're, You're definitely right in saying that I've always had this optimism within me. Uh, As a child, I was very optimistic, but still shaky at the same time. Like what I explained in those first podcast episodes of being this real joy-filled person, but also an anxiety and fear-filled person. And so that could only take me so far, that level of joy and optimism. And it definitely really became an issue when I got really unwell when when all of the energy left my body and all I knew was pain and suffering, that light started going out. And that, I think, is where I had to go. I had to go into that place where where that optimism and that that energy went away 
so I could truly find it again. Because like, like you said, I often say that happiness isn't always available in every moment, but peace always is. And that's something that I learned through going through the depths of the darkness to be able to, to recognize that because when the light felt like it had just gone out and I, I often explain it like I was just in this cave, you know, life had taken me not just into a valley of life, but in the cave below the valley. And I was scrambling to get out. I was I believed that I needed to be full of joy so that I could be myself. I believed that I had to find wellness and I had to find um, this joy again. Otherwise, life was pointless. And so I was scrambling, looking for the light, looking for the light. And it was from life just beating me down again and again and again that I finally came to this realization of maybe I'm not meant to get out of the cave to find the light, maybe there's something that I'm meant to find right here. And so instead of scrambling to try and get out, I started digging downwards. Like, okay, if life is, keeps putting me in this deep, dark cave, maybe it's wanting me to learn something from it. And so that was really that season of my life where I learned that no matter what life is bringing you, it's the perfect place where you're meant to be to find what you're meant to find. Because um, what was blocking me from accessing the, the wisdom that I access now was believing that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. You know, this isn't right. I'm not meant to be unwell. I'm not meant to have no energy. I'm, I'm not meant to be in pain. And so when you believe that life isn't as it should be, you can't access the beauty in the present moment. You can't access the peace and, and the core stability and, and the wisdom. And so it was that process of recognizing, okay, right here has got everything that I need, which, which really opened my heart, opened my mind to even considering that there was goodness here right? Because uh, life teaches us that if you're in pain and if you're unwell and if you have no energy, well, life must be shit then. Like there's nothing good for you there. And so it was like I had to redefine that entire belief system, which is what allows me now, no matter how I'm feeling or what I'm going through, I have this deep belief that it's exactly where I'm supposed to be and that whether I have high energy, low energy, I'm in pain or I'm not, I have the same amount of wisdom, the same amount of purpose, the same amount of worth. And that's really where that optimism and that joy and that true happiness comes from. It's that deep connection to myself and the belief that this is exactly where I'm meant to be because that's Ooh. where that's that's the only place where you exist <laughs> is in that moment. Um, and that's really what allows me to, to access that now. I mean, that was a big question and I feel like I sort of answered it in a roundabout way. <laughs> no, you, you definitely answered that. What a beautiful um, place to begin. I, yeah, I can definitely relate to that because I have spent a lot of this year in that void space, yeah. as we know. It's a bit mm -hmm. of a running joke in this journey home because every time <laughs> You do your monthly Oracle card pull. Mine is always the void card. <laughs> you always get the void card. 
Um, but it's it's true, and that's a bit of a mantra that I've developed for myself um, from what you taught me through Ignite is that mm. life is exactly as it's meant to be. Oh. And when you stop fighting mm. all the time and just mm. lean into it, mm. then you can find the magic and start to trust in life, which is, oh. I think, for me, one of the biggest things I've learned through my Absolutely. inward journey is that yeah. trust. Yeah. And witnessing you go through that moment was amazing because I could see a long time before you could see that that was the thing. And we we were really, all of the coaching and all of the stuff we were doing was around this same topic, but we had to hit it from so many angles. And I remember the day it dropped for you when I, I finally found the way of saying it that pinpointed it in yourself. And I felt, I physically felt it drop in your aura and nothing has ever been the same for you since that day when that fully dropped. I think it was that day when I told you that you were running from yourself yeah. <laughs> and, and that every, and we were talking about that everything is as it should be and, and that mm. it's the fight against believing that it isn't as it should be is the very thing that exhausts us, that overwhelms us, that creates the fear, that creates the resentment, that creates the, the tension and the conflict in our relationships. It's, it's, it's not in the things it's in our own fight within ourselves. And, you know, I think looking back a lot of my exhaustion and a lot of my chronic fatigue was stemming from just my own fight against myself because I believed that if I didn't have energy and if I didn't have this like zest for life and I wasn't the Haley that was the happy and the achieving one that, that life was wrong. And that this was wrong and it, it shouldn't be like this. And and it took exhaustion and just made it even more exhausting with my own fight. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, when we stopped fighting ourselves and we stopped fighting against life, a lot can start to shift and change for us, right? Definitely. It's just you've got to get out of your own way and just yeah. mm -hmm. surrender. That's one of the key messages <laughs> from my life's work gene key is that yes. surrender yes and that's where the lightness comes from so mm. sharing more about that that was an excellent answer <laughs> and it kind of brings me to my next question uh which is around victimhood mm -hmm. because I think one of the very first things that I had a breakthrough around when I started doing the coming home journaling journey was about victimhood and I think you had a video in there mm -hmm. about that just remember being like oh my god I've spent 31 years being a victim and I did not even know it yeah. and I that was like a real you know moment of breakthrough for me mm. and then recently I think it was just last week when I was listening to your podcast about how you were saying you're not a victim of your childhood and some of the experiences you had and even then I was like oh my god I'm still being a victim to my childhood and mm. even realize mm -hmm. even though I thought I was out of victimhood I definitely wasn't in some aspects so my question is how can you start to recognize that you're in victimhood so that you can break out of it because I think it's very hard unless someone really illuminates that for you in my experience I would yeah. never have realized it myself yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, it's very confronting to experience your own victim mentality. Very confronting. 
you know, and it, it's one of the, it's one of the first uncomfortable feelings that you will come up against as you start to journey into yourself because it, it can be very, very difficult to take responsibility for our actions, our feelings, our behaviors, the way we treat ourselves, the way we treat other people. It's something that we hide from within ourselves and it's not our fault. You know, I, I want to start by saying the most important thing with being able to identify our own victimhood is actually being okay with the fact that there is victimhood in us and that that doesn't make us wrong. It doesn't make us bad. It just makes us human. It's okay. It's, it's actually just the very fertile ground upon which transformation is planted. It's the, it's the starting point. And so that's the very first thing. It's like, it's okay to be in victimhood because I think we add this negative connotation to the word victimhood where we want to be like, no, I'm not a victim. No, I'm no, 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 I'm not. I'm not a victim. And because we repel the idea of victimhood, it then stops us from even trying to find it in our own lives. So we block ourselves from our own transformation. So as we even just come into acceptance and love around the idea of victimhood, knowing that there is going to be victimhood present, you know, even for, for me now, so many years into my journey, I, I often catch myself in victimhood and it's okay. You know, you can even laugh at yourself when you find your victimhood. It's okay. Like it, it, that's the most important part because when it's okay, man, you open yourself up to being able to actually see it and being able to find it. And once you do find it, it just becomes about that loving awareness, you know, and I think one of the most important things about when we first identify something is knowing that, okay, I don't have to fix this. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with me because if we believe that it's something that is wrong and it needs to be fixed, bringing awareness to it, just creates pain and creates like this inner turmoil. And we're like, oh, no, am I ever going to get out of this? Um, you know, and it opens up this big can of worms and we don't know what to do with it. So just the first step is it's okay that I'm behaving this way, feeling this way, which allows you to actually look upon it with loving, kind eyes which will actually reveal the things to you that it's meant to reveal so that you can move into more of that responsibility, more of that co-creation, more of that self-acceptance and self-love. And taking responsibility for, for some of these things can be super uncomfortable. You know, like for me, taking responsibility for my health, it took me so long you know, it was, I felt like it was so much easier just to be a victim of it and to blame everything else for it. Woe is me. It's okay that I'm a mess because it's not my fault. Whereas as I started taking responsibility for it and stopped blaming outwardly for it, then of course it allows me to actually do something about it. Because as long as we remain a victim to something or as long as we're placing blame externally for something, we actually block ourselves from walking the path of transformation. Because if, if we aren't the ones that created it, well, then 
we can't get out of it. <laughs> Whereas when you come to this realization that, okay, I had a role to play in this, it gives you this empowerment and this liberation that you also get to be the one that gets you out of it. You know, just even for an example, even if it's like something within a relationship of, you know, maybe maybe um, you had a partner, an ex-partner, a current partner that was treating you really poorly and we can, yes, we're a victim of their treatment, but we have to come to this place where we're taking responsibility for the role that we had to play in that the role that we had to play in even attracting that person into our life in the first place, the role that we had to play with accepting that type of behavior. And as we, you know, it's not about accepting full responsibility for absolutely everything in the universe, but accepting our role to play, which suddenly makes us realize that we're not stuck because when we're in a victim mentality, that is the mentality that makes us believe that we're trapped, makes us believe that we're stuck. But the truth is, is that we're never truly stuck. You couldn't even be stuck if you tried to be stuck. <laughs> and so as we pinpoint the this mentality and we start to take responsibility, it is the route to getting unstuck. And it is actually the route to deep fulfillment and the route to creating this happiness. And it's all built in that fertile ground of the original victim mindset. And um, I love that you speak to that coming home journey, that course that's inside the journey home that I think it's the third module is victimhood versus responsibility. And it's just like, it's mind blowing as you start to look at these things from a different angle, because we were raised to, to blame, right? It's like the culture that we're raised in is it's someone else's fault. It's always someone else's fault or something else's fault. And that's a very disempowering worldview to live in because if we believe that it's always external and it's someone else, we don't believe that we have the ability to even make a change. So why would we bother? Mm -hmm. You know, like as we start to see this stuff, it, it adds the fuel to the inner fire that we can actually do something to change our lives, right? Like as I started taking responsibility for my health, my health started improving for the first time in like seven years because wow. I finally felt like I could do something about it. And yeah, it's, it's just the starting ground for everything miraculous. Mm, mm, definitely what you said about it being empowering because I think mm. victimhood I mean, victimhood sounds like a bad thing and it's, I think it would be very easy to get stuck in that place where you think, oh, well, I've been a victim. That's terrible. Mm. And really, you know, go to a place of self-loathing about that. But mm -hmm. I think it can just be the most empowering thing when mm. you can start to see it. And like you said, start to see your own role and therefore know that there's a way out. Mm. And yeah, it just, it made me think actually, because and. As I said, I started the coming home journaling journey and then we did Destined, which was the start of the Gene Keys and then we did Ignite Your Life. And I was just thinking how I first stopped being a victim in my own life, like just with me. And that kind of mirrors that path of activation where yeah. it kind of is just about you. And then, like I said, just last week, I realized, oh my goodness, I'm being a victim in my relationships. Mm. And now that's me going deeper into the Venus sequence, yes. that next part of the yes. golden path within the, the gene phase. So mm -hmm. it's, it's all just related. I love it. So 
Oh, it's amazing. And like we, when we go through our activation sequence or like our initial inner work and we find all of that victimhood, all of those shadows and we start alchemizing them, we think, oh my gosh, I've freed myself from it. And then you enter the Venus sequence and it goes, oh, well, how are you being a victim in your relationships? And you go, Mm. oh my God, (laughs) it reveals to you all of this stuff that you'd never seen before. But it it's just the most magical journey. Like I talk in I talk in the journey home um, in that course. I talk about the fact that I'm like addicted to finding my own victim patterns because it is so liberating. It is so liberating. And oh, once you become comfortable with the discomfort, it actually just becomes this nourishing, warm hug when you find these things because you know what it means for you. You know it means expansion. You know it means more love and it just means more life. Really, that's mm. all it means when you find these these victim mindsets. Mm. Yeah, it's it's actually really beautiful in a way. It's yeah. And like you said, it definitely is addictive because as you start <laughs> to have these breakthroughs, I swear you just, it, it's just exponential. I mean, yes. I, this actually, this is a good segue into my next question. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah, speaking of breakthroughs, I remember when I started journaling, um, I would have these breakthroughs, but it was sort of few and far between. And you often speak about putting in the groundwork um, mm. and showing up for yourself. And mm. You're not going to have these revelations all the time, mm. but that's okay because all those times that you did show up for yourself and just wrote a couple of lines in your journal, it's going to eventually bring you to a place of breakthrough. But what I've found over the past year is that daily I am having breakthroughs now. Yeah. And it comes back to this contemplation, which is a lot of what the rebrand was from soulful journaling, which Mm. is mostly based on that journaling piece to more of the art of contemplation, Mm. um, which is very big within the gene keys as well. Mm -hmm. So my question is, um, how can the women of the journey home bring more contemplation into their lives? Mm. Because I, fo- yeah, personally, I find I just contemplate constantly now and it's almost mm. unconscious. It's like a habit for me mm-hmm. um, that I've just honed. Um, and daily I'll just be sitting there or out for a walk and something will just drop and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what I was looking for so <laughs> I think yeah that just even just that contemplation mm. can oh it's just transformational oh absolutely and and what you're explaining there Maddie is really contemplation becoming a lifestyle this is about leading a contemplative lifestyle and this is really why I did do the rebrand from soulful journaling to TJH to hold space for this contemplation because contemplation can be done in a journal you can be doing it by writing but it's so much more than that it is when you're on the walk it is when you're in the shower it is when just something randomly drops into your into your mind and that contemplative lifestyle and that ability to build this contemplative practice where you are literally accessing pieces of your own wisdom, right? That's what you're doing. You've created a lifestyle where your wisdom is revealing itself to you through your DNA because of the way in which you've opened your heart and you've opened your mind to thinking and behaving in this different kind of way. 
And the way in which we, we really do this, like you explained it so beautifully about how you really have to build that little brick by little brick over time by showing up. And the best way that you can build a contemplative practice is by starting to consistently pause in your days, right? And this is what people think they don't have time for. People think they, well, I don't have time to contemplate. (laughs) But this is the beautiful thing about contemplation is you can do it at any time and you can do it while you're doing other things as well. It actually doesn't have to be like a journal. You have to show up and you're putting pen to paper. Contemplation can be done while you're doing the dishes or while you're even sitting in a meeting at work. Like some of my best ideas have dropped when I'm meant to be focusing on something else. And you, you really begin this first by these pauses. And I'm, I, I talk about this more in the Gene Keys episode, um, but really starting to create this lifestyle where you find these little pockets in your day where you just stop, where you just stop <laughs> for a minute, for two minutes, and you just sit and drop back in. And that's really all it is. That is really all it is because we have got so much wisdom and magic and opportunities dropping into our field and into our path all the time. But we are just so caught up in our day-to-day just on the freaking wheel of life. So we miss so many of these opportunities and simply just learning to stop and and just to reconnect with your breath gives you this opportunity for some of these things to drop in where we go like, oh, I just remembered this or, oh, this was something really beautiful right now. Or maybe we just reconnect with our breath. And, and what we're doing as we learn to pause in those little pockets of time is those pauses start getting longer and closer together. And it's almost like we there were these little dots in our life of these pauses. And this includes maybe when you stop to write in your journal or you stop to have a, a deep conversation with the friend. And these little dots start joining up mm. in life. And we start to create this contemplative lifestyle where all of a sudden everything becomes an opportunity to discover more of your own purpose. Everything becomes an opportunity to discover something deeper about life Everything becomes an opportunity to access more peace or more wisdom or more joy. And that is, it just opens you up to life. Mm. When you start moving in this way where you actually just stop for a second to be with yourself and you Mm. stop for a second to just be like, how am I feeling right now? You open yourself up to life. So many of us are walking around on this planet and we're not actually living. We're not actually living. We're in a cloud. Yeah. And as we make these little pauses or we actually just show up to just be like, okay, I'm going to be with myself and just see how I'm feeling right now. We start to create space, you know, transformation. I say this often, transformation requires spaciousness. But we've packed our lives so tight that there's no space anymore. And we think, though, that to create space, it needs to be an hour 
it needs to be a weekend away where there's there's no children around and there's no husband and there's no work. And because we think that it needs to be so big, we don't do it. And we go, well, why even bother? So this contemplation practice and, and everything that I teach in, in doing this in small pockets of time, it suddenly becomes accessible within the chaos of life, right? The chaos doesn't have to stop for you to find the peace. You need to find the peace amongst the chaos. Mm. And you do this in these tiny little pockets where you're just opening up a little bit more space, a little bit more space. And it's it's hard to explain because it's a feeling. <laughs> and I know that you you too would resonate with that. But you mm. have radically changed your life in 12 months and it's really this that you've mm. done that has changed your life. You've created little spaces that have gradually gotten bigger over time to the point where you're living a life that is contemplative now. Mm, definitely, definitely. I think that what you said about being in the present moment mm. is really key because mm. that's that's what I find is you have to be in the present moment to be able to contemplate, to be able to have these moments. and. Yeah. It is hard in the crazy world we live in. There's, mm-hmm. there's noise, there's people, there's, you know, most of us don't get a chance to stop in our days. I mean, you know, I wake up at 5.30 when my son, you know, shakes me awake and, yeah. you know, the next chance I get to stop most nights is about 8 p.m. Mm. And through the day, though, I still am able to find these pockets of contemplation, even if my son is like running laps around the house. Like I... Yeah. To come to a place where I can sit and just be and yeah. be amongst it, and it mm. but it takes a lot of work, yeah, um, to get to that point. But that's why I love Gene Key Number Ten so much because it's the city of being, and yeah, you just learn being. to just be, yeah. <laughs> um, being amongst the chaos, and it just it is it's it's a lifestyle. It's day to day, just being in the present moment and. Mm just being open to receiving as well yes. like you said it is it is the wisdom that is contained within you already but just being open to life and open to you know seeing synchronicities in your life or yeah. you know signs from the universe or mm-hmm. little little things that might spark something in you mm-hmm. and just having that spaciousness to allow that to come into your life yeah and knowing that nothing has to change in your life in mm-hmm. order to create that space because yes. that was a big thing that we journeyed through together, Maddie. Hey, like mm-hmm. where you felt like, well, maybe if I didn't have a toddler running around <laughs> screaming, maybe I could be this transformational person, but I can't because no. life's too busy. And you really like, this is that discomfort that you had to sit in of mm. being so confronted with yourself of, mm-hmm. I have to come into acceptance that right here amongst all of this is my transformation. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have a completely quiet house or be be locked away to access yeah. incredible breakthroughs in life. I get to allow, I love Richard Rudd says this, he's like, let it grow up from the cracks of just your ordinary life. Mm-hmm. He says, mm-hmm. you don't have to go to the Amazon jungle and take <laughs> ayahuasca to have a breakthrough, like nice. let it grow up from the ordinariness of your life mm. because life is ordinary. Yes. yes. <laughs> and we are ordinary, but as soon as we accept the ordinariness of who we are and what our lives are, we actually become extraordinary. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. It's like that quote, it's how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Yes. And mm. you have to you have to be amongst your life to yeah. have these transformations. And yeah, I, I remember I used to have uh, this really lovely journaling set up at my last house. I, I have a nice one here too, but I'd, I'd really made it. That was my contemplation space. That was my, you know, where I went to get away from everything. And that was where I had to be yeah. to have these moments. Yes. And then when we moved up to Queensland, um, for a while, I didn't even have a desk. Um, I didn't have a little space and I do now, but I barely use it. To mm. be honest, like I'll often do my journaling either in bed or I'll go to a cafe. Mm. Um, I Like I have sort of a little altar set up here with, you know, my cards and a candle and a few little things, but it's, it's funny. It's just sort of like a more of a decorative thing now for me because it's not my contemplation isn't anchored to this space it's anchored yeah. to my life oh so you're melting my insides <laughs> oh my god yes yeah, it's, it's amazing. that's that like what you're explaining there is no longer being a victim to your environment mm. because mm-hmm. that is mm. one of the realms of life that we fall victim to the most where that's we right. say well I don't have the space to do it, so I can't, or I can't be alone, so I can't transform, you mm-hmm. know, like, and I'm the perfect example of this where I, I live with my in-laws and we have a tiny little bedroom. I don't have space. Like where, where we used to live, I had this full contemplation room and yes I loved that yes I had beautiful breakthroughs in there but that wasn't the reason for my breakthroughs I'm the reason for my breakthroughs and so I get to take that with me no matter the environment and so currently my little sacred space setup is in the hallway like out in the open and I get to have just as incredible breakthrough there as I can in my little sacred space in my own home and we see how much we block ourselves from the idea that the environment isn't isn't right, you know, or like, okay, I, I feel like I need to sit with myself, but it's not clean enough. I can't have a breakthrough if my area is not clean. And mm. look, yes, our environment has an impact on us. And yes, we can clean it if we've got the time. But at the end of the day, I don't care how messy your space is. I don't care how much chaos or how loud it is. You have just as much access to breakthrough, Mm -hmm. no matter the environment, as well as having just as much access to your safety and your joy and your wisdom and your peace. And and that Mm -hmm. is life changing. Yeah. Life changing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I used to be the biggest victim to my environment. Oh, my gosh. Don't be like me where... A year ago, I was sitting on my couch with a coffee that I'd went and bought for myself specially so I could just sit and, you know, have a little break for myself. And I sat there just looking at my floors being like, these are too dirty. I, I can't I can't sit like this. And I literally walked around my house with my coffee and my vacuum cleaner and was vacuuming <laughs> while drinking this coffee. And I was doing it. I'm like, this is a low point. <laughs> a low point. I was like, come on, girl. <laughs> just, you have to chill out just a little bit. And um, but it's like you said, it's just you, you gotta realize that you're being a victim. You're yeah. being a victim to your environment. And at that point I was and, and, and at a lot that of point the, I didn't know how to get out of it. Absolutely. And a lot of the time the those things about our environment are actually just distractions and excuses so that we can avoid the discomfort <laughs> of just sitting with ourselves. A hundred percent. And that is the the hard, difficult part we have to get through in the beginning is actually just learning to sit with ourselves. 
um, there's this there's this study. Richard Rudd talks about it in one of the Gene Keys, where they put a whole heap of people just alone in a room, alone for two hours with a a. The only thing in the room was a machine that you could give yourself electric <laughs> shocks with, <laughs> and like seventy percent of the people gave themselves electric shocks because people would rather give themselves an electric shock than have to be alone with their own thoughts. And this is actually the true pandemic of the world. Mm. That. Because, oh, no wonder we pack our lives so full and no wonder, just no wonder, right? (laughs) And that's the initial the initial discomfort and those initial bricks you have to lay that take time you know it ta- mm. like for you you're talking it took 12 months to do this for me it, it took mm. a very long time but that is what that contemplative lifestyle and that very fulfilling sense of purpose and magic is built upon it's built mm. upon learning to be able to sit with yourself and your feelings mm. Mm. And just to bring it full circle, I realized this morning that I hadn't vacuumed my house since Tuesday. <laughs> and nobody died. <laughs> he died. And I was sitting on my couch with my cup of coffee with dog hair all over the floor. <laughs> God knows what else. And I was like, I don't care. I'm just so happy to be here, just sitting amongst my family with my cup of coffee. And I was like, Who's this person? Who is she? Who's this person that on from carrying a cup of coffee while vacuuming, <laughs> sitting on a couch and drinking a coffee, you know, despite the mess. It's just, it's just, I think that's a nice metaphor for life. It is. It is. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, I'll, a couple more questions. Do we have, mm-hmm. do we have time? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, why not? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. So this is, this is a bit of a fun question. Okay. <laughs> if you, if you could choose, because I imagine this is a bit like choosing a favourite child and also there's 64 of them, so good luck. But what is your favourite gene key? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously I've got my own gene keys, but my favourite gene key at the moment anyway actually isn't in my own chart. Um, it's in your chart. Can you guess which one it is? You know. I'm guessing it's gene key number eight. It is jinky number eight. <laughs> I had a feeling that would be your answer. It's your purpose jinky, and actually a jinky that is in so many of the Ignite Your Life women's charts. It's really amazing. I attract people to me with this jinky. Like, mm. oh, it's just incredible. Do you I have love the programming partner. I have the code, my life's work gene key number two is in a mm. codon ring group gotcha. with eight. It's the two of them. So I feel like that's where I feel deeply connected to number eight. Mm. But why I love number eight so much. So gene key number eight is the shadow of mediocrity, the gift of style and the city of exquisiteness. And I love it so damn much because I see it as a portal for the women of the Mm. world to really start shedding so much of the shit that's been holding us back because Mm -hmm. it's it's about um no longer subscribing to the status quo and it's all about shedding this idea that we have around our image it's Mm. all about shedding these ideas around but what will people think 
you know, this gene key is about you have a dream in your heart and it tugs at you, but then you filter it through the question, but what will they think and what will their opinion be? And when we filter it through that, you dilute the fuck out of your dreams Mm -hmm. and then we stay the same. You know, this gene key is the reason for all of these houses that look the same, for the families that look the same and the clothes that look the same, Mm -hmm. like that's this gene key at play and style, the gift of style is about walking to the beat of your own drum, but it mm. takes it further than that because it, you know, some people can walk to the beat of their own drum, but they want people to know that they're walking to the beat of their own mm-hmm. drum. So it's still mm-hmm. about the image. It's about living this life where the image that you portray from the things you do is no longer even a question on the table. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would you do then? And mm-hmm. That question just excites just the shit out of me (laughs) when I think about all of the untapped and unfollowed dreams that are sitting in the hearts of women around the globe that as they start to enter through the magic of this gene key, what's going to happen? You know, Mm. it's the gene key of the rebel it's the yeah. rebel and the creative rebel. Oh, the creative rebel. And I just, I lo- I'm covered in goosebumps, right? <laughs> I love it. Like anyone that has this jinky in their chart, mm. they get the absolute just, it's whenever someone has a jinky session with me and it's on number eight, I'm like, strap in. <laughs> I'm like, get ready. Cause I'm about to bring every ounce of enthusiasm that exists mm. within me to your session. I just did one last weekend actually for one of the Ignite Your Life women who it's her purpose as well. She has the same activation oh, yes. sequence as you, Maddie. And mm-hmm. I was like, get ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I've got feelings. <laughs> and yeah, so I would have to say that is my current fave. So mm. good. I, yeah, I love hearing you talk about Gene K8 because I obviously, <laughs> it, it being my purpose, key, I have a lot of feelings on it too. And mm-hmm. I, as I've started to, I've just started to go back into the Venus sequence. So you start with your purpose key, but it becomes the purpose of your relationships. So yes. I am feeling, I also feeling so fired up about this Gene Key. Yeah. Um, and just, oh, just, you know, breaking the status quo and, yeah. you know, you have that dilemma of imitation. Yes. And just starting to, I mean, yeah, I think really, you know, getting into my purpose key and activation sequence, you know, did help me to break out and go and live the life I'd always wanted to live, which I'm doing now. Yeah. And, you know, just this week when I've started to contemplate it in terms of the purpose of my relationships, because I've been feeling very stuck with um, a lot of my family relationships at the moment. And I've been like journaling on it and contemplating and I just was so stuck and I was like, I can see what I need to do, but I can't do it. Like, what do I need to do? And I went back to my 76 pages of notes that you've written me. <laughs> 76 your life. pages. <laughs> I can't I believe started... I wrote you 76 pages. That's <laughs> a little insight, everyone, of how my, how deep I go into the it is that is like my bible I love it so much and I just I happened upon the bit that just started at the Venus sequence and it said something like your what is the purpose in your relationships and for me my purpose key is eight so the purpose is exquisiteness Mm. I was like there it is that's what I needed that's what I was looking for and it just I mean in a week it's changed what I've been trying to get to in about three months of just feeling stuck and I'm just, I'm like, the purpose of my relationships is exquisiteness. Like, it's just mm, beautiful. Delicious. Like, I'm like, 
And, you know, even just if you sort of, I mean, that's the city, but if you go back to the, the, the gift of style and I've always sort of thought, oh, well, you know, I need to be this sort of way in relationships. Like I need to, the re- relationships need to look a certain way and I'm realising, no, they don't. Yeah. They can no, look the way, don't. they can be unique. They yes. can, you know, I don't need to read every parenting book out there to be the best mum I can be. Oh, yes. You know, I, <laughs> I can just, I can be the sort of mum that I'm going to be, which is, not going to be your traditional mum. Yeah. But when I'm, when I am really firmly rooted in that, that's, that brings out the best in me. It does. Instead of being mediocre and sitting in mediocrity and having mediocre relationships, Mm. you know, it comes into style and it's just, yeah perfect how it is and it's just yeah it's it's a beautiful change that's life changing for you as a mother like Mm. wow you know it gives you that permission because up until that point you could have been fighting against like but I don't want to do it that way but I everyone's telling me I should and Mm -hmm. I'm worried what they'll think if I don't do it that way so I'll just do it and then that's actually sucking away at your life force it's sucking Mm -hmm. away at you know your purpose key sits on that line of core stability it's Mm -hmm. taking your core stability away so when the storms come you just crumble and you feel overwhelmed and so it's actually when you just do the thing that your heart called you to do that you end up being fulfilled and Mm -hmm. look I've had to get over some jealousy issues around other people's purpose keys (laughs) because you know I mean you get the purpose of style and exquisiteness in your relationships you know what mine is number four my number four I've got in my purpose which means that the the purpose of all of my relationships is forgiveness and I had to get over some I'm like that's unfair I don't want my purpose of my relationships to be forgiveness but that's been part of my journey. And mm. and as I've unlocked more of that, you know, my shadow and my purpose is intolerance. Mm. And I could get really like, Ugh. and the last thing that you feel like doing in a relationship when you're intolerant is forgiving mm. someone mm. or yourself. And but of course, like that's the exact thing that I needed. Like what you were describing, I would fight against that in the past. But as soon as I just relaxed into my own true being. Well, then you become so alive and fulfilled anyway. And you can't, I often say this, and I'm sure I've said this to you, it's hard for us to be in the shadow and try and imagine what it would look like to be in the gift because Mm -hmm. you can't see the gift through the lens of the shadow. So when you're sitting in the shadow, of course, if I'm projecting forward to trying to think what I'd be like in forgiveness, it doesn't look too good. (laughs) But that's because you're seeing it through the lens of the shadow. Once you Mm -hmm. actually move through that and just embody it, it ends up being more than you ever imagined it could be. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you've you've shed that shadow, like oh, I love it. Yes, yes, and I think I think Gene Key number four is beautiful. Mm. I think I do is, love my four. <laughs> and like you said, that that's your journey to go yeah. on, and yeah. it's exactly what you need. Yep. To have that core stability in your life, mm-hmm. and I I do understand Gene Key envy though, because there are some. Oh, there there's some, some serious Gene Key envy um, out there. <laughs> some yeah. primo keys. <laughs> Sorry, I, I do understand. Um, <laughs> do we have time for one more question? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I heard you say on, a, I don't remember which episode it was, but one of the first three that maybe it was number four, but you have a big vision for the journey home yes. spanning decades. 
Yeah. So I would just love to know, do you have any particular plans for what's next? Like say the next 12 months or like just any little like sneak peeks you can give us? Because I just, I love everything about the journey home. I just, I love it so much. I I love it. I love it. Yeah, I do definitely have this very big long-term vision when it comes to the journey home. And one thing in particular that I would love to see myself doing in the future, and this is, I sort of see this as five, 10 years down the road, is I would love to hold in-person retreats. Mm. Oh, like I just got covered with oh. goosebumps when I say that. I would love, because Bevan and I, we're moving back to Australia and our plan is to buy a piece of land down past Margaret River. And I would love to build a place. So Bevan, Bevan's a builder and he's amazing and can build little cabins. I'd love to build this place where women fly in from all over the world to come to, to come to journey home, but together in person, I could see myself holding like a two week retreat where the women come and we just, we dive deep into Mm. sisterhood and their gene keys and just Oh, just life. But to do it in person, that is a big vision of mine. I love the online space I hold and I love how it allows me to connect with everyone from around the globe. At the moment, I've only got two clients that live in New Zealand, like everybody else is from all the other places around the world. But I definitely crave TJH to have elements of in-person stuff. I would love to see myself um, keynote speaking. I would love to go and Public speaking is one of the weird things about me. Public speaking is my favorite thing in the world. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I have a dream of standing on a stage with 10,000 people in the crowd speaking at a conference. And I would love to see myself doing that and reaching more of the masses with this message. As And so that's sort of the opposite end of the scale. I want to be reaching more of the masses with the message, but I also want to be in deep belly-to-belly contact with the mm. women as well. So I would love to see it taking it in that direction. I also have a very long-term vision for the Journey Home membership where um, at the moment I think we have like 55 women inside the membership at the moment. It has this very intimate like village feel. And I believe that over the next 10 years, that will grow to a space of thousands Mm -hmm. of women. And that both feels really good. And also I'm like, oh, but what about our little village? Like, I also, I love jumping on the the campfire calls and I know every single woman deeply and we, you know, but I really see that growing into this beautiful community and, you know, I'm in this for the, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm mm. in this for the long haul. Um, and I'm in it for wherever my heart leads me. So at the very same time as saying, I want to do retreats, I want to do that. If my heart changes its mind tomorrow and it says, I want to do this, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the one thing that will probably be very closely around the corner is I want to run a group experience of the activation sequence of the gene keys where what I do one-on-one in Ignite Your Life, which is very personalized and you get like, you know, it's, you know, Maddie, (laughs) you got it. It's very, very deep where I'm like in your life, in your keys. 
Um, but I want to run that in a group context where there is, say, you know, 15 or 20 women journeying together through the activation sequence. So it's not as one-on-one, but we will meet together weekly where we'll be talking about the journey together and, and women can do it alongside each other. So that's something that's going to be around the corner soon, which is a real tug on my heart at the moment. Um, oh, super exciting. Just, yeah, to create these spaces where, um, there's more connection. Um, yeah, that's something for me, it's really important to always have these one-on-one opportunities because I love that, but also these group opportunities because I love that. And I love seeing mm. the fruit of both. And you've, bo- you've done a one-on-one done experience both. with me, Maddie, yeah. and a group experience with me. And they both had just the same amount of transformation, mm. oh, but in different ways, right? Yeah. And I loved the connections with the group when we did Destin, mm. I think there were six, six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah. I'm still in touch with some of those women yeah. and have built these, you know, beautiful friendships and yeah, just learning so much from their gene keys because yeah. I think through mm-hmm. Destined, we mostly focused on life's work and vocation Yeah, and just learning more about other people's gene keys and yes. that can debate in me and how that shows up in other people's life with like, their shadow patterns yeah and I yeah I learned so much um and you know some of the women had you know programming partners of some of my own keys and yeah you know just leads you down these rabbit holes yeah (laughs) it's really amazing yeah if you're gonna run another um group coaching experience then I encourage everyone to jump on that (laughs) that was that was kind of the the real start of my journey I feel yeah just Mm. that really just immersing yourself and And we really like in a group sense like that even though everyone had such different gene keys we binded together in this energetic way where Mm. when everyone was sitting in discomfort like everyone was sitting in discomfort and you sort of had each other to be like oh it's not just me they are too and like you said you got to Mm. witness other women alchemizing their discomfort which taught all of us different ways of doing it and then we saw we would all have breakthroughs in a similar it was just incredible to witness just that unfolding and as much as the inward journey can be one where you need times of solitude Mm. it's really it's really breathtaking and heart opening to witness it in a group container Mm. um it just takes it to this different level, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's yeah. profound. It's amazing. And so I'm really excited for that. And of course, being a group coaching program, it also becomes more affordable too. And that's yeah. one of the other things on my heart. I know that um, there's a lot of women, especially inside the journey home membership who would love to do ignite your life, mm. but can't afford it. Yeah. So, you know, doing it in a group sense, it makes it more affordable too, but mm. man, the, Im- the, the impact that it lacks in the direct wisdom that you get from me in the one-to-one is sort of filled up with the wisdom that you get from the other women, you know, yes. it sort of counterbalances yes. each other. And yeah. um, I'm not the only one that I'm not the only one that holds the answers and the wisdom mm. we all do. And that's yeah. the beautiful thing about a group container is that it, it's like you've got 10 coaches. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. and it's, it's fun. Like I so fun. I loved Destined. I was just saying that, but I just remember <laughs> I would, I think the calls, the Zoom calls were fortnightly. Yeah. And I just forward to them all the time. And every yeah. time, because we have a little boxer group as well. And every yeah. time there'd be messages in there, I would just be like, 
see what everyone's going through and just I mean you know that that experience was all about creativity as well so it was yeah. um I guess maybe a little bit lighter than mm. purely an inward journey yes but I mean I learned so much about my gene keys in that anyway mm. but yeah it, it does and I guess because the inner work can be very heavy especially if you are doing it in solitude but when yeah. you have you know more of a community around you and that's why the mm. journey home mm. membership is so beautiful mm. because you know whenever anyone posts anything in there you know all the women jump on and are like I resonate with this so much and mm. you don't feel so alone and it yes. I mean you know like my life's work gift is lightness so just yeah. feeling more of this lightness and the not holding everything so tightly and getting yeah. so wound up in that inner journey it's mm. you know it, it's fun it's like it's like you said mm. you, you go on a treasure hunt and yes. you see what you find and it's um yeah it can just be a, a it can be lighter than what people might imagine the inward journey has to look like. I think that is such a beautiful place to sort of bring this conversation to at the end is this idea of realizing that you're not alone. And that is one of the really foundational reasons that the journey home exists is to help women to realize that they're not alone in their suffering because even though we all go through such different things, the themes and the tone is so similar, so similar. You know, the worth things and the the body image and the the parenting and the, you know, all of these things that women travel through, even though it shows up differently, it lands the same in our hearts and our souls. And one of the hardest parts about traveling through these things in life is thinking that we're suffering alone is thinking that, oh, I couldn't share that because I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. You know, I, mm. I, I'll just pretend like I have it all together. And here again, we see this Gene Key 8. Let's just project an image that I have it all together. And, you know, because it, it isn't helpful to come together in victimhood and then all be like, oh, woe is me. And, oh, no, my problems are worse than yours. I'm busier than you. It's not that. Yeah. It's coming to a place and being seen and loved right in your suffering and recognizing that you're not alone and having women coming alongside to say, Hey, I've been right there. You've like, you're going to be okay. Like mm. I've been right there and this is what helped me. Or just when the women come in to share a breakthrough where they go, I just journeyed through this and this is what I found to be true. It is so encouraging. And it reminds us that we're not walking alone. And when we know we're not, when we know that we're not walking alone, it just gives a little bit of extra fuel in the tank to, to keep going yeah. when in the past we may not have, because it can be easy when you get wrapped up in this isolation, we can buy into the idea that we can't get out. And that village of women that the journey home represents that you are such a core element of Madeline. And I'm just so grateful to have you in there, not just as a beautiful member of our community, but as a contributor to our community who just, man, these yoga sequences, I just can't believe it. Like, when, and because I need to tell you everyone, when Maddie recorded her first yoga sequence, she was like, oh, you know, it's a bit shit, but like, I'm sure it'll do for the first one. And so I had low expectations when I went to watch the first one. And as I watched it, my jaw just dropped. I was like, is she kidding me? Is she kidding me with this, 
it's not very good. It is, it was, it blew me away and it's just such a, it's, it's the fruit of your transformation. This, this is what happens as we transform. It comes out of us as this beautiful creativity. Madeline's aligned two in her life's work, which is the dancer, which is just to have this knack and just to enjoy. And just she does it because she loves it. And as she finds the things she loves, it just oozes out of her like magic and love. And there is nothing more phenomenal to witness in another woman than that. And so I thank you, Maddie, for how much you've shown up for yourself how many void spaces you have journeyed through to get here and you kept showing up and me witnessing your journey has has transformed me you know that's Aww, that's one that. that's one of the best perks of doing this work is it's not just it's not just you that transforms mm. i transform every time i witness you transform something and so mm. Thank you greatly for your friendship, for how much you've shown up for yourself because you are shifting your world and now the world is starting to shift as a result. So thank you so much for being the first one that was willing to be like, I'll come on and be on the podcast. I'll ask some questions and your questions were so beautiful. I really loved this conversation and your magic and, um, yeah, do you want to say anything else before we say goodbye? Just thank you so much for having me on. I'm so, I'm so excited. I've, I mean, podcasts, I, I love podcasts. I love listening to them. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, there's been podcasts over the years that have, you know, welcomed guests on and they're like, oh, you know, if you want to be a guest, email us or, you know, put in a submission. And I've always been way too nervous to do it. I was like, I could never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> And then I, you know, started recording these yoga videos recently. And it, mm. like you said, it's just unlocked something in me. Yeah. And we were chatting and you're like, oh, I'm like, you know, you want to be the first guest? Do you want to come on? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes. Mm. I, and I'm like, what are you saying? And I'm just like, and I, I thought I was going to freak out about it. And <laughs> I don't know. I just was like, no, I'm going to do it because of course I can. And this is going to be amazing. And it has been. So, like who I, even am I <laughs> I know I, I don't even recognize myself but it just it blows my mind so thank you mm. for everything mm. <laughs> and I'm so I'm so glad that I you know searched journaling prompts on Instagram and found your profile <laughs> and click follow and you know the rest is history so oh, thank you. so beautiful I love how this interview has captured the the journey of mm. what it means to to be in this space and yeah. I just feel like oh, I'm just so grateful for you sharing your heart and your core stability because that's yeah. exactly what you're talking about that is what you build when you dig into your activation sequence of your gene keys mm. you build core stability which allows you to show up and do things you never thought that you could have done before in a calm way like <laughs> that is that is peaking at life in in my books absolutely <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you everyone for joining us. And I am now very excited for the next interview episode because I think Ep1, she was a winner. She was a winner. Thank you so much, everyone. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. 
The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.